morning. This is Jeb Dubow, author of The Life Engineered and A God in the Shed, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. For August 29th, 2017, I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Hessenflow. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. And if you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. August 29th. It's going to be September, like tomorrow, two days from now. It's going to be September. Now. It's September already. That's right. Uh, summer's almost over. September, for me, is the celebration College football. of the... No. <laughs> the, the NFL starts. The most important thing that has ever happened in my life, oh. the invention of the internet. Oh! I celebrate this on September 2nd. This this internet thing, Steve. It's going to take tell, off. Tell me about it. It's going to take off, this internet thing. They have it on computers now. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah. They do. Yeah. No, all right, so there's actually some discrepancy well, on, on when we should celebrate the birth of the internet, Steve. Well, Christmas is in December for some reason, so we're going to celebrate the birth of the internet when we want to. <laughs> and September 2nd is the day for me. That's the day that historically two computers were connected together with a network, and, and the first layer of what we can do with information was put together. All right, so that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. We do we could also celebrate in April 7th because on April 7th, 1969, mm-hmm. we also had an event happen. Yeah, there there was some paperwork filed. <laughs> they filed some paperwork that was the idea of what they could do. Now, Internet Day, mm-hmm. Is October 29th. Yeah, that's the day that the first significant moving of data from UCLA to Stanford happened. And you also could celebrate January 1st. 1983. That's when we switched to the TCP IP. The Internet Protocol was born in 1983. But we can celebrate four times a year, Steve. Absolutely. The Internet is amazing. The fact that we have this Internet 48 years later, after that paperwork was filed, when we now have the ability to move data to get information from around the world is is amazing. It's changed how your brain works. Yes. And how you absorb knowledge. Mm -hmm. Do you need to keep the knowledge in your brain, or can you just need to have access to it? That is the question I ask my students all the time. Are you smarter than I was when I was your age because you have access to this knowledge? Or are you not smarter than I was because you don't need to know trivial things? You have access to all of that trivial information. Three times this week, three times I went to the store looking for something, and I could not figure out what it was. And it dawned on me, oh, I've got a phone. Mm-hmm. Go on the internet and look up one. I needed a spice. I had never heard of the spice. Oh. I didn't even know where it would be. I knew where spices would be. And I didn't even know this was a spice, by the way, at the time. I just knew it said, this, the recipe said I needed Some mace. word that you ha- M-A-C-E. Oh, okay. Okay. And I went on the internet and found out it was a spice. Okay. Which meant I could go over to the spice area and I could pull it out. The other was a candy my daughter had uh, asked me to, to uh, look up, and I I, I had no idea. I, she, I said, well, is it a chocolate? And she was like, no. Like, as I'm looking, like a 13-year-old would look at right. you like a dad. And so I went to the store, and I ended up looking it up on my phone so I could find out what it was, so I could go get it. And the other was on how to fix something yeah. that I, I needed to fix, and... 
thank God for YouTube. It's changed how we it has changed get our day. It has changed everything about our day, and and the future of all of this internet stuff that we're celebrating is is limitless. I think one day they'll have these recordings that you can just press play on your uh-huh. phone, and they'll just start when you're ready for them, too. and just listen to these guys in some guy's basement blabber on about something. Welcome to the wonderful world of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. I have gotten the chance to see the latest, most important version of The Tick. Now, this is on Amazon Prime. Yes. So if you have a fire stick or any uh, ability to get to Amazon Prime. Amazon.TooMuchScrolling.com. <laughs> you can watch this, too. Yes. This is six episodes. It is a sitcom. It is a very silly... Superhero. Superhero comedy. Those of you who didn't watch The Tick the first time when it was a cartoon, or the second time when Patrick Warburton was in a suit running around on Fox as The Tick, this one... Cronk. <laughs> this one is is really good. It is really entertaining. It's only six episodes. It's only three hours. Uh, they came out on Friday. Uh, I've I've watched all of them. <laughs> and the, and the current version, the gentleman plays sort of an Adam West character. The, the Tick in general is an Adam West character. This is definitely a satire on the superhero, and the the Adam West character is definitely built into the character of the tick but peter serafinowitz is so good at being the tick here i forgot about patrick warburton i was able to forget about the definitive tick and go with this guy and his ability to to say things in a in a way that is so fun and so interesting again back to adam west he calls his sidekick chum <laughs> and has this ver- this way of speaking that is definitely from there musing and and authoritative <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is so much fun not for families not this not, is, not a family movie. this is not a family tv show okay. there's a lot of naughty words there's no gore to it there's no nudity to it but boy oh boy do they throw around the naughty words in the right situations this is so much fun i i encourage you to go and watch three hours of this tv show now this is not the only thing you saw this week yeah the wife was watching a movie and i came home and i sat down and watched it with her this is the pursuit of happiness this is from 2006 this is will smith a real life story of a, a man who is struggling in america struggling to make ends meet the the things that happen in your life that that make it very difficult to get your life put together. How is this going to relate to the average person in America, Steve? The average person in America can definitely relate to this story <laughs> in 2017. There's a lot of struggle that's happening in 2017 financially in the United States. This is from 2006. A wonderful, heartfelt story about perseverance, mm-hmm. about getting it done, about how we can pull ourselves together find a way, and be successful. I, I, I really love this movie. I love Will Smith. I'm a huge fan of Will Smith. Will Smith uh, is very much a, um, a person that that is that we look to, very similar to like a Tom Hanks person. A Tom Hanks kind of actor. Everyday not, Joe. and Yeah, maybe not the best actor on the block, maybe not the Tom Hanks level of acting, mm-hmm. but you really relate to Will Smith's characters in most cases. And in this one, he's got his son Jaden 
five-year-old Jaden Smith alongside. And Jaden's a really good actor, too. He is adorable at age five, like most of us were. I don't know what happened. But <laughs> in this movie, Jaden is is pretty spectacular in his acting. I can see why he's had a great career over the last 11 years after this one. You, you sat down and watched a boxing match. We did the pay-per-view. Um, my neighbor did. Like, and- this was big. Oh, it is. It is. This is Floyd Mayweather and uh, Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah. And uh, this was their big match. This is Floyd May- uh, Mayweather uh, was 49-0. and 0. He had not f- fought for a couple uh, years. Uh-huh. And he took on the ultimate fighting UFC yeah. uh, champion who actually had to learn how to box. Had to, had to unlearn all of his training from that other sort of fighting, sure. that ultimate fighting championship. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. All right. So anyway, um, we we had a little get-together. Nice. And we watched it. Very social. Uh, and, and there was a whole bunch of boxing beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think there was a who's who of everybody in the audience. Uh, you could just look out there and go, oh, that I know that person. I know that really? person. Oh, th- it's a big fight. This it's was a, a big thing. This was a national big thing. International. It's an international big thing. It is. I, uh, Conor McGregor is... From Ireland, and so that was that played part of it. Huh. They went ten rounds. Yeah, you know, if you would have asked me fourteen, fifteen years ago if I had interest in watching boxing, I would say no, not really. And it, you don't watch it, the UFC now? I I, I don't. Okay, I, I, I find it just not my cup of tea. Sure. This though, when I got the phone call saying, "Hey, I'm going to rent it. Come over, and we'll cook hamburgers and have some fun." It, it was awesome. I, I've been to a number of live boxing events here in Chicago because a buddy of mine wanted to create a, a, a basically some social events for some guys. Like a fight club? Yeah, fight club. <laughs> exactly. We don't talk about that. We don't that. talk about that. Don't anymore. talk about it, Steve. <laughs> but anyway, I, I've seen a bunch of live ones. My, my favorites uh, certainly are not the heavyweights. They are the, the lighter guys. Okay. And I understand the sport now. I understand you know the the people uh, who are part of it. Sounds like McGregor was homeless five years ago. Wow. Well, his paycheck was $30 million for this. Wow. Um, May- Mayweather got over $100 million, and there's arguments that he could get up to $300 million for this fight. That's that's huge. So this is a, a big deal for these these, these people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can see the reason why they did it. It was 99 bucks. $99 for the pay-per-view? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, that's so, some big money. That's how do you get to um, how do you get over to pay all these guys? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that tells you the the size uh, of these types of events. Uh, I enjoyed it. There'll be other ones that will come up, and you can decide if those are things are for, that for you, are for you or not. And there's that social aspect: going to somebody else's house, being a part of that community, and sitting and having a, a moment together, watching this thing. Sure, and it's not something you you see every day. It is kind of thuggish and brutish. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something very primordial about this yeah. that you can watch. You've got to be a special type of person in a situation that boxing appeals to you. Um, I do have a colleague of mine who does boxing, but most of the time these are kids who are in struggling situations. They need some discipline. They need a place to go. They basically find family, and they push themselves in a, in a, in a way that, that most of us are not willing to dedicate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a unique fighting experience. Once again, you had a boxer versus a, a person who fights uh, mixed martial arts. So there was two different uh, fighting styles, but he, they both had to agree on boxing. Uh, went 10 rounds. This was enjoyable. 
Opening this week, there is the 40th anniversary of the Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1977's number two film, (laughs) Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Steve, I've got a big bowl of of mashed potatoes right here in front of me. This is important. This means something. (laughs) Every time the wife and I have mashed potatoes, every time I turn to her and I go, honey, this is important. This means something. I'm going to make a big <laughs> Devil's Tower in the living room. My wife has been to Devil's Tower. And when I found that out about her when we were dating, I was like, you've been to Devil's Tower? That's from a movie. And she went, a movie? What movie? I said, uh, here. Let's you, have some mashed potatoes. You've got 25 <laughs> years of watching movies in front of you, honey. <laughs> 1977, number two movie of that year. What was number one, Steve? Star Wars, Chip. Star Wars. Oh, well, it what a year. It couldn't beat Star Wars, could it? No. John Williams certainly had a uh, a banner year that year. Yes. He, he did the soundtrack for both Star Wars and Close Encounters. Yes, he did. And Steven Spielberg, this is, you know, the beginning of Steven Spielberg's meteoric rise. He has been doing such great work. We look forward to Ready Player One. Now, this is a repr- um, presentation of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a lot of different versions of this yes i've seen all of them have you well the, the original one uh it kind of le- leaves us uh ambiguity would be a good way of describing that that's right uh we didn't know what happened at the end the ship arrives and the movie ends but uh spoilers let, oh my goodness well it's, it's <laughs> 40 a, years old i think we can spoil this movie <laughs> well when they represented the movie they have people arriving mm-hmm. who were uh you know Pilots and stuff from the 40s. Abductees from the past. I want to make so many Twin Peaks references right now, but I'm going to stare at you while you're talking about this and not make any references to Owls or any Project Blue Book. Go on. (laughs) And then, you know, Dreyfus has to decide whether he's going to, to go visit. Richard Dreyfus did such a great job in this role. You believe Richard Dreyfus as a character in this. What would you do in this situation? It's probably very similar to what Richard Dreyfus does. Probably what Kate McKinnon would do. <laughs> yes. The Saturday Night Live that you don't watch, but you reference all the time <laughs> of the abductees explaining their It was a beautiful light, Steve. It was a beautiful light. Go to our show notes and click on this YouTube <laughs> link that he's put in there. This is a very funny sketch where Kate McKinnon is doing her best to crack up everybody on the set, and she succeeds. That's I think true. she made some people cry this day. <laughs> so funny. I love Close Encounters. So beautiful. I, I've only bought, I think, two different versions of this, one on VHS and one on DVD. I love Back this in the old days, when I bought my first VCR, which yeah. was a top-of-the-line VCR, oh. um, the first movie was Jurassic Park that I ended up purchasing. Because you love Jurassic Park. That's I, one of your favorites. I, I did. I, I, yeah. It's, it's a, a fantastic mm-hmm. for showing all the things that um, uh, your television and uh, your you know, VCR at the time could mm-hmm. do. Now, the uh, one of the next ones I got was Close Encounters. So this was right there behind it. Uh, and anyway, this is a great film. This is represented. Uh, but Steve, we've got new stuff that's coming out. There What's are new? other new movies opening this week. The first one is I Do Until I Don't. This is looks like uh, generations of men and women. Uh, 
yeah. Are going to have relationships. their relationships. Oh, relationships and their foibles. This is Ed Helms, the actual Ed Helms, not the Ed Helms of the Northwest suburbs. This is the actual Ed Helms. Uh, it's an ensemble comedy. We've seen this movie before. You know, all of these people with different the relationships. The wife wants to get pregnant. Yeah. And um, things are. Just not as exciting as, as they once were. This is the take your girlfriend to a movie. This is the take your new wife to a movie movie for the week. We've got the older couple who are just sort of, they're revisiting their, their why they loved each other mm-hmm. or why they're having challenges. Yeah. We've got the young couple that just cannot get enough of each other. And we've got Ed Helms, who's got a duty to do. Right. And the wife is going to make it not as fun as it used to be. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of not as fun as it used to be, there's a sequel coming out. The sequel to the movie Goon from 2011 is is called Goon, Last of the Enforcers. This is a hockey, funny, silly comedy. And there's a this is the story of the gentleman from uh, American Pie. Yeah, this is Sean William Scott being his Sean William Scottiest. There's also T.J. Miller in this one because, of course, T.J. Miller is in it. And, and you know, well, let's just say that it may not be Slapshot, but let's just, it may be close enough it's, to it to enjoy it. It is certainly in that same vein. Those those silly uh, slapstick hockey movies. For those who are not uh, familiar, in the old days, a hockey team would have a goon, and the goon would go around. He was the enforcer. He That's was right. the fighter. They they would put him in just to start fights. Just to make, a, Sell make something tickets. happen. <laughs> right. Right. There is the Viceroy's House. This is the very, very British India movie of the week where you can learn all about Indian independence from the British. Well, the, the deal of, of this is, is one, uh, as Americans, we should probably know more about this. True. Uh, the second part about it, because uh, it did have an impact on the founding of our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other part about it is at some point we got to have some intellectual stimulation. This looks like the more, the more intellectual yep. uh, pick of the week. Sometimes the wife or the husband demands a little bit more. Yeah. Then we've got the, wow, uh, way too real for movies movie. This is called Love, Sonia. It is the dramatization about the world of international sex trafficking. This is a real problem in our world right now. So Demi Moore is going to be one of the, the uh, is going to be one of the stars of this mm-hmm. film. This is to shock you uh, yes. for the week. Yes. Uh, and this looks like a very interesting movie. The, interesting, we couldn't find a trailer for this. I cannot I've looked as hard as I could. I could not find a trailer for this movie. Uh, that doesn't necessarily tell us anything, mm-hmm. but uh, this will be a story I think that will resonate because this is a, a problem in our world. Well, it is part of, of the world. There's, there's still slaves in, in mm-hmm. our world. So yeah. I, most of us are not, don't put that in the top of our um, our uh, thoughts. But anyway, this is something that, that we need to be conscious of. Obviously, a movie is a, way, uh, a good way of, of bringing that to light. And interesting, it stars two of the child actors from the movie Lion. Those two boys were adorable in the movie Lion, and they're working together here. I think they're going to be the Corys. Of India, Corey Heim, Corey Feldman, of India. Oh well, there you go. How do you describe them? There you go. They they're working together. They worked so well together in the last movie. I'm sure that's going to be great. We've got a children's film that's coming out. And when you say children's film, this is truly one of those children's films. Not a family movie like oh, let's go see Cars, let's go see Toy Story. This one's called Animal Crackers. It's an animated tale about a struggling circus. I, I think circuses are struggling right now. So Danny DeVito back Danny in DeVito. Big, starring Big Fish. He was the uh, the the gentleman who 
ran the circus. Now he's a clown. Now he's a clown in the circus. And it looks adorable. He stretched himself. <laughs> hey, it's Danny DeVito. And when you hear Danny DeVito's voice, you he's, just know it's Danny DeVito. He's got a great voice. Yeah, he certainly does. In fact, there was a couple stories on uh, Reddit this week that yeah. were very touching. When he was working, DeVito worked on Matilda. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the great young, film. That is, that, is a, that is one of my favorites. Well, the, the young lady who was the, the, the star, mm-hmm. um, I think her mother passed away during that time. Anyway, she wrote uh, a, a article or a, a note about how touching uh, DeVito was mm-hmm. as far as bringing in fact the actors they were bringing her along with their families and you know obviously trying to normalize her life as much as you can with a parent passing away sure. uh, that young at age and also being having this job you've got to do mm-hmm. and uh that wasn't it right underneath that over on reddit there was a gentleman who wrote a story uh, about meeting DeVito. He didn't know he was DeVito at the time. But anyway, he was uh, really thinking about committing suicide. He was in school. Um, it, it, things were not going well. Uh, he was at the ski lift, interestingly enough, sitting next to De- what turned out to be DeVito. As they were going up, he's talking about all the hardships he was going through. Because DeVito looked over and said, you don't look so good. What's going on? And uh, the guy started talking. By the time they got to the top of the uh, ski lift, um, the gentleman said, uh, at that point I knew that that was not the path I was going to take. And I didn't know it was Danny DeVito until his wife came over and uh, greeted him. And at that point I was like, oh, wow. So um, anyway, there's all sorts of stories where um, actors and and people who are um, have prominent positions have made dramatic differences in other people's lives the gentleman uh said he goes i i've always wished to meet danny devito to thank him for that moment underneath that arnold schwarzenegger responded and said well, i will pass the story on to him isn't that crazy isn't reddit an interesting community well what's beautiful about it is that you really are touching people from around the world the internet man well the internet can be used for good and there the internet can be used for bad this is part that's the good part and we can form all sorts of communities and talk about what in that world is happening in Twin Peaks. All right, so the ending is this, this week. Yes, on Sunday there is the two-hour finale of Twin Peaks The Return, the end of the 18-hour journey that we've been on for three months, four months now. So I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb here that Steve will end this along with Mark Brad and all the other people who I follow think we it. Should, I think we should get them all on the air and, and talk about about it on the show here well they probably still won't know what's going on i hope so god i hope so you hope they won't know i hope no i hope that there will be some resolution here's the thing kyle mclaughlin the guy who plays agent cooper in twin peaks has said publicly that he has read the entire script he is the guy who knows it all does make sense in the end. He has said this publicly. So I have high hopes that after Sunday, after 18 hours of the most beautiful, artistic, confusing, weird show, it will all make sense. It will all be one. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, man. If I could talk about Twin Peaks to you right now, I would say so many things, but you have no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm not sure I know what I'm talking about. This has been a beautiful ride, and it, it's ending on Sunday. Book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it. Book it. Book it. Book it.
brings us to our book it, our book of the week. And boy, you Death, Steve. You, Death. You find some interesting books to read. You found a book called Get Well Soon. And at that point I stopped reading the title and I went, Oh, what a lovely what a lovely title. No, there's a subtitle. History's worst plagues and the heroes who fought them. You read a book all about mass death in history. Yeah, well, it's something uplifting, Steve. <laughs> Definitely something uplifting. 2017. This Hope is by Jennifer. That's right. This is for Jennifer Wright. Jennifer she wrote Wright. It. Yeah. Now Jennifer Wright. I'm, I'm going to go down. She's written three books, and all three of them look like they're interesting. I may read another one because she is such a witty writer. But anyway, she said, "Look, this is the only job I can uh, legally do in bed in my underwear, and uh, still have no practical skills." So she is a very witty writer. It's funny. This was released back in February of this year. Mm-hmm. And this is a witty, fun book about something that certainly uh, has historical value, uh-huh. but you know, most of us uh, choose to avoid. I mean, I, most I, of I us. Think would, I think most of us would have tried to avoid the plague as much as uh, as the plague. <laughs> well, these are multiple plagues, so it's yes. not just looking at. These are looking at historically things that happen. Okay. So we do get the bubonic plague mm-hmm. at this time. I think thirty percent of um, European population died. died. So, I mean, that is suddenly, that's just amazing. So you'd have these cities that just would kind of empty out Mm -hmm. and they didn't know what was going on. Eventually they determined burning the bedding and, 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 uh, the, the people and stuff like that. Basically Mm -hmm. cleaning it up was a way to get us out, but it took a long time to get to that point. Yep. When I was a kid, um, I think it was fifth, sixth grade. Mm -hmm. I wrote a number of reports on the bubonic plague. Don't ask me why. It's fascinating. But it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. We eventually move up to other things. I mean, we we had obviously a a very big plague in the the Americas before um, the Europeans arrived, or maybe Mm -hmm. the Europeans brought it with them. Maybe. But there was at some point, maybe up to, for estimating, up to 90% of the population died. The Native Americans. Could you imagine living in your city, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, 10% 10% of the people are left. That's tragic. I mean, that, that, that's just a, an amazing kind of uh, fact. Mm-hmm. We learned a little bit about uh, World War One, about the, basically, they, there was a disease that was ripping through the camps of these, uh, of these soldiers, and they were bringing it back to their hometowns, uh, and, and just masses and masses of people. If I remember correctly, maybe as many people who died in World War One also died in these camps. An equal number. I, wow. Now, I, now I could be off on that, so don't don't quote me on that. But my point is, is that you're learning about these, mm-hmm. and you're learning about how we deal with them. The most recent one that we've probably dealt with was the AIDS epidemic mm-hmm. back in the uh, late '80s, and they're not very kind to the Reagan administration for this. You know, Reagan was uh, pretty. You know, his son was gay, and uh, it was probably because of his Hollywood connection. He was around many different types of people. Mm-hmm. You can't say that for, for all the other presidents, but, but, but Reagan is unique because of the industry that he came from. Mm-hmm. But they uh, were, t- were basically saying about how dismissive, uh, there was a writing about how dismissive his administration was, and, the, and there was a joke. I mean, you know, the, you know, why are we missing this? Snicker, snicker, snicker. Because, uh, do you have a concern? Do we need to know something about uh, you? And how... Uh, Basically, Reagan could have nipped this quickly mm-hmm. by saying something to the effect, because he was a great communicator, saying that these are Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, if any, we don't allow Americans just to die, and we need to do something. And and the funding actually 
was cut during that time. It still was a lot of money. I think they had over $100 million at one time, and it was cut down like to $89 million. Yeah. But still, we were dealing with a, a, a plague. Um, and then about how today... They talked about some of the parents choosing not to immunize their children. Mm-hmm. So let me do this. Let's, let's go ahead and give this quick plug right here. The flu shots are coming up. When you go get a flu shot, you're not getting it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're getting it for the people you come in contact with. You may be the strongest person ever. You may not get the flu. Right. It's for the people you come in contact with because it is has the ability mm-hmm. to be you know, that type of pandemic. A pandemic. Like the, the avian flu that we went through a few years ago. The the idea of herd immunity is of scientific fact. We we have evidence that if enough people are immunized, then the rest of us will be fine. Well, and we and that brings us back to a point is that people are choosing not to immunize their children, um, once again are, are putting not not necessarily themselves at risk, although they're at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, they're putting the people they come in contact with at risk. Right. And that is kind of an interesting spot to be in. She uh, writes this so beautifully nice. in the sense that every chapter is a, a different type of uh, you know, ev- event that ends up happening. She's witty. There's a wink going on with it because you're dealing with a, a subject subject. A, Subject that's kind of interesting, but you know something not that you would want to say. Hey, let's talk about death. Yeah, let's read a novel about it. Let's let's read a story about it. But as <laughs> let's always, sing a song about it. As Ring al- around the rosy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as as uh, always, when we're dealing with stuff like this, we are only one generation or one mm-hmm. year away from what potentially could be the next group mm-hmm. of these type of things, and we just need to be aware and be kind to our our human. Uh, companions take care of them yeah that's 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 a great way to look at it this sounds like a fun book again it's called get well soon history's worst plagues and the heroes who fought them by jennifer wright and you can find it on our amazon store amazon.toomuchscrolling.com scroll with it brings us to our scroll with it and and there's so much news out there and so many terrible things that are happening and so many wonderful things that are happening. Let's talk about some of them and not, let's not talk about others of them. There's some good news for people who uh, whose phone is coming up and they want, they're looking to replace their phone. Yeah, we've got the Samsung Galaxy Note 8. Eight is coming out on September fifteenth. So those of you who are Samsung fans, you've you got something to look forward to. The Note Eight. My wife has a Note Five, and uh, I think she's a little bit excited about getting a new phone. These are going to go like hotcakes. Oh, don't say hot. They might explode. No, <laughs> it, isn't it surprising to you that they went with the Note name? That the Note Seven was such a danger to society that they kept with that name. It is interesting, but obviously, people who like Samsung mm-hmm. uh, and the the uh, system they have mm-hmm. will continue to enjoy this. Yeah. I, I think they're ready to move up. Now, for what's interesting about it is you have a Pixel, and they're coming out with a Pixel yes. too soon. So, for a person who likes to work on the Android, uh, mm-hmm. you know, situation, you've got the Samsung and and Google yeah, competing I, with each other. I, that's a very interesting situation that Google has put their partners into, where Google is presenting their own version of the device, which I enjoy. I love my Pixel. Mm-hmm. I am so glad that I picked that up. And it 
it's in competition with these other things that are using Google's software. And we're typically thinking uh, Google's Pixel, the Samsung Note, and the iPhone as the three premier mm-hmm. phones. Not, not that the other ones are not great or anything like that, but what I'm saying is usually thinking of those as like the three top choices. It's not HTC, I'll tell you that much. And the LG phone is doing okay, but those are definitely numbers one, two, and three right now. Sure, sure. So, it's exciting for those of you who are looking to, to get the next generation of phones. Go out and, and get on the list. So, so if you have your phone, you probably can use it to order something, Steve. Is oh, there yeah. something we need to know about ordering things now? I need to move to Iceland because in Iceland, I can order a hamburger and a beer, and it can come to me via drone right now. They're testing it out, aren't they? I'm ready. I am ready for the beer drone to come fly over. I'll just hold a cup, and the drone can just... <laughs> ju- I'll, I'll, In fact, it'll just be a drone. Of, it'll be a keg. Just, just kind of arrives. <laughs> I'm ready. And just throw a hamburger at me, too. Here, human. Eat this. <laughs> Here is your food for the day. Good uh, luck. It'll be, you know, our houses become zoos. Uh, yeah, we're in a little cage. They're throwing us the food. <laughs> it's that time. Every day at about the same time, all the animals come out of their cages and stare oh. up at the sky, hoping for more beer and hamburgers. <laughs> the hamburger arrives, and, and Steve gobbles it down. I'm excited, man. I am excited for all this stuff. I read so much science fiction. I am excited for the future of delivery. We've got Amazon bought Whole Foods. They lowered prices. Drones are going to be throwing us our snacks anytime now. It's the good stuff, Steve. I'm ready. I'm uh, yeah. The, then we get to the sad stuff. This, well, it's Labor Day weekend. It's Labor Day it's weekend. It's Labor Day weekend, and it's not going to be the same this year because, unfortunately, the king of Labor Day has passed away. Jerry sure. Lewis passed away last week at age 91. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That's fantastic. He was sick for so long, and, and he, he passed away last week. He left behind such a, a great variety of different... He changed so many different industries. Well, the Muscular Dystrophy Association mm-hmm. and his Labor Day uh, telethon, although it stopped, I don't know, 10 years ago or whenever it did, uh-huh. um, and it... You know, that is probably how I know Jerry Lewis because we would watch it as as kids. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much what was on during Labor Day weekend. There were four channels, kids. Let me explain to you how TV works. (laughs) There are four channels, and you get a choice of one of those four. And if the president's on, you you go read a book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, regardless, that's how I was introduced. Now, if you're an older person, Mm -hmm. um, maybe my, my parents' generation. Right. Uh, or grandparents' uh, generation, it, um, they may have been introduced to him th- through either shows or through movies. Yeah, he was a part of the Rat Pack. He was running with all those guys, making all those fun, interesting comedy movies. Jerry Lewis was a clown in a group of people who were very stoic. If you think of Martin and Lewis, Dean Martin is this stoic character. Then you throw in a Frank Sinatra on top of that, and and Jerry Lewis is the clown. He's the silly guy in the group, and very entertaining. Well, I'm sorry to see that he he left us. Yeah. But uh, Turner Classic Movies is going to be showing his films. On Labor Day. All day. So Labor Day will continue to be a Jerry Lewis day. In fact, I, I anticipate this being 
for our lifetime somewhere they're going to be having some kind of Jerry Lewis celebration on Labor Day. That's that's beautiful. That is beautiful. We we can all hope that there will be a celebration of our lives after we pass away. And and Jerry Lewis is a guy that we celebrate, especially that's, in France. That's right. He's big in France. Well, as we know, as he used to end his telephone, you'll never walk alone, you'll Steve. Never walk alone. Thank you, Jerry Lewis, for all of the all of the things that you've done for us. So we wish our anybody listening, we wish you a very safe Labor Day. I hope you enjoy your your time. Yeah, eat yes. some eat some hamburgers from the sky, drink some <laughs> beer, watch some Jerry Lewis movies. Hey, lady. You'll be just and, fine. And hit the pool for the last and time. Forget about the pandemics for a while. You'll be just fine. I don't know, Chip. I, I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Oh, if we can come back next week, hey, lady. <laughs> if you need more information, give us a call or text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is TooMuchScrolling.com. Our email is TooMuchScrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. And every day of the week, you can go to our news site, news.toomuchscrolling.com. Find all the information that you need. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Hessenflow. We'll see you in the future. You will never.